This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Pruce, sitting in the center chair this week. And I'm a right. I'm joined by my temporary second-in-command, Chodak Commander Darren. Darren... Uh, you know, I haven't seen you around in a while, like a few millennia. Where have you been? The lesser life forms cannot comprehend the Chodak and where we have been. But you must choose from these options before you. <laughs> so what is it with this Choose ship? these <laughs> options <laughs> and I will answer your paltry question. Hey, what is it with this ship and uh, you know com- new commanders appearing out of nowhere? I don't, I don't know. It just seems to happen. Uh, and speaking of which, we also choose, have... <laughs> or I will not answer your question. Okay, I choose uh, red. Red. I choose red. You have chosen wisely. <laughs> uh, and also joining us on the bridge here, um, oh, we have a new helmsman. Uh, we have, um, I'm sorry, um, uh, I'm sorry, John Luke, can you get out of the way? We can't, uh, well, anyways, there is a helmsman on the ship, and Mystery Helmsman, how are you doing? Uh, uh, course directions, I just love pressing course direction. Oh, 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 hey, um, oh, hey, guys, um, I really, I'm gonna have to go to sickbay, though, because I have, like, this pain, like, at my lower back, like, someone's just been repeatedly pressing his foot against it um i don't i don't know i've just kind of been paying attention to my front here so he's like is there something wrong with these chairs or something it's like someone just is putting all their body weight into their foot right into my lower uh back right there you know i mean you're just you're a popular guy you've got the captain right there you've got the the first officer right behind you you're just you're just really the most important person on the bridge apparently right yeah and i've got to admit i've been trying to figure out uh, this is a little embarrassing i'm not sure i know how to steer the ship <laughs> um there's these grid lines oh god it's so hard i keep trying to click and it's like a whole sector off like man when they when they invent windows this is going to be so much easier you know, maybe you should just contact Starfleet, and then you'll know exactly what you need to do. I, I think I figured it out, Philip. You have obviously stumbled into a graphitic field, and that's why all the senior crew members are being pulled towards you. <laughs> or Philip is the graphitic field. <gasps> anyways, anyways. <laughs> Jettison the Philip. Ah! <laughs> We are talking about something a little different today. Um, a few months ago, I guess it would be at this point, we started talking about some of the Star Trek The Next Generation video games. And I wanted to continue that series. So we're actually moving on from, you know, the, the 16-bit consoles that we talked about before. 
Not exactly warp nine. We're gonna we're sort of moving along <laughs> to warp three. But I just want to know: Does Star Trek: The Next Generation, the interactive VCR board game, a Klingon challenge, count? <laughs> because it, I mean, it's a video game. Well, Maybe no. To a be fair, in there. To be fair, but. it is. It is not even. It doesn't even self-label as a video game. It identifies itself as an interactive challenge, like you just said. So I don't know if that really counts the same. It's the video game of the future. <laughs> and there was only one. <laughs> Anyways, yes, so we're, we are moving on from, from our Sega Genesis's and our Super Nintendo's, and we are, we are upgrading to the PC Master Race here on Earl Grey, and we're going to talk about a, a video game released in 1995 for both the PC and the Mac, which is something that used to happen with a lot of video games. They would come out on both those platforms. doesn't happen so much anymore. Um, we're going to talk about... <laughs> we're going to talk about Star Trek colon, the next generation colon, a final unit. Now, does that have more punctuation than the interactive VCR game or the same amount? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's a tie. I don't know because, uh, you know... Uh, Uncle Crazy Eyes uh, probably has a lot of uh, ex, uh, a lot of apostrophes, so it might have more. I'm not sure. Um, have a Kovac, whatever his name. I was. think uh, for the, to answer this question, I think we need to contact Starfleet. <laughs> yes, yes. So, guys, let's start out with a little bit of an opening here, and I'm going to throw it to Darren first because I know Darren, you said you have played this game in your youth. Tell us a little bit yes. about what you remember and uh, anything that stuck out with you. When Darren was 12, yeah, gosh. And your computers ran on about 50 to 75 megahertz tops. I had a Windows 95 machine. It was cutting edge. It was black. It wasn't one of those towers. Gosh, this was before. This was when you could choose a tower or a desktop. <laughs> and we chose a desktop. Fit right under the monitor. Big old CRT 15-inch. <laughs> Sucker was a boat anchor. <laughs> <laughs> but but I digress. But no, I do remember playing this game. And yes, it was released for PC or for PC on DOS. So I wasn't actually playing on Windows 95. But yeah, and the graphics were great. It had all the original cast, including the computer, and the interface was cool. Although it took me, you know, a long time to figure out you could only, you could customize like when it was going on a course or doing something, it would automatically do it unless you were playing like captain's difficulty. Then you had to do everything manually. And that was much trickier. Wait, but... am I understanding this is going to be a manual docking? <laughs> only if you're a commander, Philip. So only and there's only one of those on the ship. You don't have anything to worry about. <laughs> but this was a fun game and it was fun playing it again. It, a lot of the imagery uh, and the characters seeing it again really brought it all back. It's like, oh my gosh, I remember this. Because I probably literally haven't thought about it for 20 years. But uh, but it was a lot of fun. And you know, especially for 95, it was, it was pretty dang good. Yeah, and, and you know, Philip, I don't presume to speak for you. So if you have anything to say, please, please speak up. But I know that I didn't play it on it. I don't think you did either. So... Not much, too much to add to that, but it is, to to me, <clears throat> for me, I will say that it, it is definitely a throwback to old school games. Like it's so, 
we we had the same experience when we played the uh, the Genesis game. Uh, Futures, oh, I was gonna say Futures End, but I know that's not the name of it. Um, Futures Past Game, uh, whatever it was, the one we <laughs> talked about. Best of both worlds. Futures End. Um, well, there's two titles. <laughs> that's why you get them confused. <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's fun. It is interesting to go back and, and talk about these these old games. Well, I don't know. Is it, aren't aren't? I mean, look, if we live in the Netflix age, where every old TV show is new. Um, and that every new TV show you watch whenever you want to watch, doesn't that mean video games have no time either? Because you, you can play any video game in any time now, so it's new. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the issue is, well, I guess the, a lot of similar issues occur in t- television with video games, but video games are very dependent on the technology in which you watch them, whereas you can watch something that was, you know, filmed on on sandpaper if you wanted to you know in on any tv now, but video games are different. Yeah, you're not supposed to talk about, about deep space nine like that i think we've had this talk <laughs> oh jeez oh jeez oh, send comments to one of dan <laughs> at Twitter. i didn't even say it it wasn't me it was philip it was philip <laughs> um so yeah let's 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 move on here let's start talking about the game um that was just initial impressions so one thing i really wanted to actually really really wanted to talk about um and that Darren just mentioned a little while ago was the fact that hits you right in the face as soon as you start watching or playing this game. No, no, no. Kind of watching. No, it's mostly watching at the beginning. <laughs> Let's not. I, I, I started playing the game and I didn't know what to expect. And I was like, okay, it's cool. All right. And it's like, oh, Captain's Log. Okay, cool. And this stuff's happening. Okay. And like, all right, would you like to do this or that? I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I, I guess, I guess my part has come. All right. Um, click, I want to do that. And then, like, another five minutes of cutscenes. I'm like, oh, this is a great episode. Just ask your opinion every five minutes of, like... Well, you know, that that actually kind of uh, segues into it perfectly. Let's talk about... So the first thing that hit me when I booted the game up is... Which I knew was going to happen, but... I love, love, love is the fact that all of the crew is here. Is is represented. Um, we get voice the voice acting of all of the, of the seven main crew members, plus uh, like Darren mentioned, mentioned uh, uh, Miss M- Majel, and um, it was great. It was great to like kind of it's it's like stilted and awkward in like a 1995 computer game way, but it's actually still really cool to hear these lines being performed. So, you know, we're honorable gray. We're TNG fans. You, everybody knows this, and it's so fun to like. To discover new dialogue, new lines spoken by our these actors for those characters, like that's kind of a mind blowing experience that we've never you know heard for fourteen, fifteen times. Well, I think one of the interesting things was you know you, you get to um, your away team is for the most part pre selected, so but you can change in between them, which actually took me a while to figure out. Um, but um, but then you know you can have that you can talk to the, each of the of your away team members and all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, but it's kind of funny because I I wonder if all the conversation and lines were sort of like role neutral, like all right, Frakes, Seardis, and and Burton and Dorn, you all have to record these lines because we don't know who the player is going to select. And so I'm sort of on something like maybe that might be more engineering, but I've selected Troy, so she's the one saying like, well. The radiation of the electromagnetic neurotonic. I'm like, I don't know if Troy would know that, but <laughs> you make it a way team of Roe, Troy, Guinan. And, this isn't Rascals, you know, Darren. Okay. And then they all start spouting <laughs> techno babble. 
Yeah, you know, and, and that's actually kind of a good segue, Philip, to talk about how the game actually plays. Um, so I'll mention up front that for, for pe people really familiar with games, this is a point-and-click adventure game, which were very popular at the time and made popular by games like Myst uh, and all of those kinds of things. Um, and now, and there were... And, and just because you brought it, I have to do it. So there were two, and uh, spoilers to the listeners, I, I, I played like 15% of the game. But I really am going to play all of it because it's really, really good. But anyway, but there were two parts. There's one where you're on, and I don't remember names. You're on the uh, planet with like the zoo planet. And there's the big computer. And it's like they call up the person. And the and the sphere kind of like shifts into a face. I'm like, this mist? It's like, wow. <laughs> Give me your blue pages. <laughs> wow. Blue pages. And then there's one point where you're talking to, like, the um, the Vulcan uh, archaeologist, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is most logical. Yeah, the, the lip-syncing, you know, leaves much to be desired, for sure, in <laughs> in the game. Um, but yeah, like you know, like Philip was mentioning, you you you. The reason why he mentioned that maybe each of the actors would have recorded the same dialogue is because you, what you do is you go down to for your away missions, you transport the four characters down, and then you can independently select them if you want and kind of interact with objects in the environment. Uh, you know, so if there's a broken computer system. You could use Jordy, like would make sense, or possibly Data, but you could also use Worf, and he, you know he'd be like broken, can't use. You know, it's just like it, it's uh, it's interesting. But anyways, um, Philip also made the joke that maybe you're watching this game most of the time. Uh, but you know, what do you guys think? D does there is a certain aspect of this genre of games, of these point and click games, that kind of lends itself? The TNG, right? Like the mystery kind of aspect mm -hmm. of away missions, kind of like the investigative, uh, you know, like element of the shows. Like you, you actually get to go to a planet, try to. It's not like shooting everybody. That's not what you're doing. You're trying to solve the mystery. You're they didn't even like take phasers to that one planet. I couldn't shoot anyone, and I boy did <laughs> I want to. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, in that way, right? That's a that's kind of an interesting aspect of the game, I think. Yeah, I definitely feel it it lends itself to a episode format. And again, this is 95, Star Trek Next Generation is off the air and we're like it's more, more Star Trek. We got to go buy this game. And yeah, the interface was was pretty good. I mean, you could get little icons to choose to like look at something or walk to something or talk to someone and it was way easier to figure out than the first game we played where I was like, how do I freaking pick up my phaser and not kill someone but and then you know you had an inventory you know which was pretty cool you know for that for 95 that you put things in um and the fact that you could complete missions but not necessarily have the most desirable aspect or outcome i mean i remember the first mission where you're supposed to like stabilize this core I totally ejected it, and I, like, killed one of the women because I tried to transport her, and apparently, like, the radiation killed her, and she, they're like, she shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, yeah, restart the game. Maybe try that again. But, you know, there are ways to do the best outcome, but it's not going to stop you if you make dumb choices. Yeah, and and, and obviously I, I probably didn't play enough to know because I know, like, in the first game we played – Again, I'm blanking on the title. Yesterday's Futures Finals, 
yesterday's on, on whatever. Um, but like on that one, you couldn't like complete a mission if you hadn't done like the two planets before picking up the oxygen, whatever. So, you know, but in this one, it seemed like there's room for failure. Like there's room for like how well you do, but you can still move on. And so I, it's a weird feature. It's not a weird feature, but it's an interesting feature. I'm not sure it would probably last of where like, you know, you can always contact Starfleet in case you didn't know. Um, and you get the Admiral, and one of your choices is like, Admiral, how would you review our progress? And she's like, on a scale of one to ten. I'm, I'm a little disappointed, John Luke. I'm a little disappointed. I'm like, wow, that's... <laughs> We're glad you saved the people, but you destroyed the power station. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Meh. After the mission, I get like the, uh, I've seen better. I'm like, what's that? What's that, uh... Okay, I'm And then you it. always have the option, like, please go on. Like, she'll keep asking you, like, do you want me to continue? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was my favorite. <laughs> of like, would you like to tell me how you can improve? Your choices are go on or that'll do. That'll do. Picard <laughs> out. That'll do, Picard. That'll do. <laughs> uh, actually, I kind of want to paint Cochran? this. I know, that would be great, right? I do. I kind of want to paint this picture for the listeners because, Darren, that's such a perfect example of this system that is in this game. So you, very early on in the game, your first away mission, you go over to this, um, you know, I don't know, it's it's one of the, we don't really see a lot of space stations, deep space stations here on TNG, but no, I'm, I'm teasing, of course. But we go across to the space station, and there's, you, you enter the next room, the second room of your first away mission, and there's a woman lying underneath a, a power conduit that's collapsed on her, and... I actually Don't forget, this, she's this... really far away. Also, <laughs> like, she's in this middle of this huge, huge, not, like, yeah, cavern of, like, just nothing for miles. And where was she? Went, like, right directly under the one pipe that it was yeah, in the middle broke. of the Loray Caverns here. Um, and to get to her, it's going to take a good ten minutes of walking at a leisurely pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Daniel says you're watching this game, it's kind of like Lord of the Rings. So you're basically walking, and it's like, man, you know, if only, if only they could have changed this movie of where they got on top of like the flying bird and got straight into Mordor. It's as if, man, if this mechanic in the game had been invented of where you could go faster, and someone had told you that. Five hours ago, that would have been a great thing. Uh, it, you know, let me try to let's try to put this in Star Trek terms, right? So you walk into this room inside the space station, and it's essentially the size of the the inside of the Genesis planet from Star Trek Two. Like, think that big, and this one woman just happened to be under the one apple tree that fell on her. And you have to make your your way across the the entire map to get to her. Uh, that's that's kind of irrelevant to the. Don't forget how fast you're walking, Daniel. I I think we've stressed <laughs> enough how slow you walk in this game. I, I almost feel like we should just save this hint for the Patreon supporters. But let, no, let's go ahead and give it to everyone. Okay, right. everyone who's not Philip and and <laughs> doesn't have a co-host who you've been hosting for almost a hundred shows who's like oh by the way six hours in if you press shift you'll run throughout the whole game <laughs> oh, oh yes please if anybody is going to play this game from here from here forward just press shift when your characters are moving 
and they'll actually move at a reasonable, reasonable. pace. <laughs> That's they're going at like warp 9.9 instead of <laughs> watching data go from one end of the planet to the other end of the planet to get to the other biosphere as the field capsules are like, well, I'm going to go to cavern one. If you want to go get a latte, you go get a latte, <laughs> Philip. Oh, it's back, guys. I, I had a little rock, load. and I just put it on my keyboard. It held down the move key, and I just went, made some dinner, <laughs> came back. I mean, there, there's one screen of the game on the on the jungle on the preserve planet where there's just roads. There's like four <laughs> roads. That's all you do on this screen is walk to other places. <laughs> and, and if you press shift, you know how long it takes? One second. That's how long it takes. <laughs> now, Philip, does that shift work on more than just walking? Oh, it does. It does. It's funny you bring that up, Darren. It does. It actually works on, on probes you send out. It, it, it can Because the probes out. seem like they're going like 100 kilometers away. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So, I believe <laughs> you can get either the 12-hour playing time or if you have a shift key on your computer, I'll wait for you to look. Okay, you may have found it. Then you can play it maybe in three hours. <laughs> you know, you look up some of the playthroughs online, and they're like, oh, yeah, we played this game in eight hours. I'm like, how? How? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. My original point has been almost completely lost. Oh, did did we shift the discussion, Daniel? <laughs> we did. We shifted it a little bit. A little prematurely, I would say. So, yes, you... you <laughs> So you go the <laughs> you go the 34 kilometers to get to this woman inside this starbase, and uh, she's so she's trapped under this uh, this data cable, and th- you have a lot of different options. And I actually played through this sequence uh, a good four or five times, just actually just to play around and see what you can do. How many times did and she die, Daniel? How many times? Most of them. Did, most did of you them, get promoted of because of that? Or no, oh, this no, isn't the kill no, Jordy. No, 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 I beamed it. I beamed it oh. up. Isn't that what you're supposed to do? You can beam it up. Apparently, uh, one of the options you can do is switch your because the default um, away mission doesn't include data. If you include data, he can actually lift the the power what? conduit. Yep. yep. What? Well, Darren, to be fair, <laughs> mine is blown. You should always choose data. <laughs> I was gonna say, why is data not? What Troy is there? Why is Troy? <laughs> I, mean, I sense that you're in pain. Is is. <laughs> Is the station yeah, it's like a big alive? Data thing on me. Is this a far <laughs> point station? And she's like, the station is hurt. I feel its pain. You know, cyborgish. No, no. See what happens is, uh, you have your one person talking to you, but your rest of the way team's way on the other side of the screen. They're <laughs> like, you got it. Just, just tell us when you're you done. <laughs> we'll be over here. But then you walk to the next room. And they're like, and then it, <laughs> all together. They, See, they like power jog their way all over. The there. NPCs know there was a shift key before I did. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, I was trying to compliment this game on the fact that there are multiple um, ways you can tackle problems, which is really interesting. And they do rate you on it, kind of, if you want them to. And, um,. It it does. It takes creative thinking. It t- it takes thinking a lot along the lines of how the show works for a, a lot of these solutions. And it's like who would best serve this purpose? Who would be able to kind of come up with the solution to this? And it it really encourages the you know 
the kind of thinking, the kind of you know, most games are action based. This isn't. This is not. It's puzzle based. It's more. It's, it's more puzzle. about how how can you solve this problem. And you know, frankly, that's what TNG is most of the time. Not not that we don't have the action, but it's like that makes sense. Yeah, that's totally. We we don't go down and just fight a bunch of Klingons all the time. No, we're trying to figure out how do we for how do we shut this bird from squawking up, like or, or whatever that we've got to do on this bird. Planet, so I fed <laughs> the monkey the apple. I hope that was the right option. <laughs> um, and and that which I think that monkey then later. Um, but um. Yeah, because it, it was interesting because, like, unlike the previous game where the puzzles were just would, you know, force you to burn the game, um, the puzzles here were, were challenging, and I did cheat one or two times, but as, most of my solutions, like the things I, I got stuck in, was just like, and I don't know, I could go either way between this being, I should have done more versus the games just being, whatever. Like, it's like, oh, no, the control panel was right beside the door, and four if it just moved, like... An inch there, because everyone groups up. Like everyone, basically, everyone takes a selfie while you're trying to do your stuff on your away team. So you have everyone just like <laughs> hunched up right beside the door. But if you get everyone to move, you'll see there's a control panel there. Or like, like data comes over to hit the control panel, and like everyone's just standing there, and he's like, uh, "Excuse, excuse me, sir." Yeah. yeah. If they had an option to say scatter, scatter. well, like hit a button on the tricorder, and then like every surface that's accessible like lights up, like highlights that would be nice or like like there was a the bio probe i had to cheat to find that because i'm like i got these field units i don't know what to do with them and then like oh there's a bio probe that's like right next to where the bio bed like you gotta move the cursor like two centimeters in there i'm like okay but i mean i don't know i but that's not necessarily criticism it just means you know like every other game of this area you kind of scroll your mouse around and see what pops up on the bottom and and you grab things that that pop up there, or look at them, or scan them, or do everything. So I mean, I I mean that's good. I do like it. Yeah, you, you do have to pay attention. And like for instance, like in the Matriarchy Planet, which is the zoo planet, um, I did play with Data, who admittedly, you know, you can argue gender neutral or male, but I'm like, oh, I really should be playing as Beverly or Troy here, because you know, talking matriarchy. Because they they literally say like, don't look at the matriarchy, don't take it personally. I know, and she's awfully saying. Oh, for a male, you're blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Most males are pathetic. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It was actually interesting, too, that they were considering, they were seriously considering that planet for Federation membership when they don't even have gender equality. I'm just saying, just getting on my soapbox. That planet there, had but, a lot uh, of issues, okay? I, <laughs> I'd, really I'd recommend Bajor over that planet. That place was a real zoo. Ma, <laughs> Although to be fair, the bad guy ended up being uh just some dude, just some guy, just some Federation guy. So, uh, but in, oh well, no. In in conjunction with a uh, with a Ferengi. Of course. Now now Daniel and I don't I don't know I don't want to mess up your your notes here for your pre show. Can can we discuss a little a little story part to this to this game? It starts off you're like it's the Enterprise. Oh my. Is that a Romulan scout ship? Oh, this is going to be... So- no, 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 no. No. That's not a Romulan warbird. That's not a <laughs> Romulan scout ship. Oh, no, my friend. It may look exactly, exactly <laughs> like a Romulan. No, it's a Gridian warbird. Yeah, I the surplus see. lards. Yeah. I 
See, so like, was there a contract dispute <laughs> that the, they didn't pay enough money to the Romulans to show up? They so lost like... the IP on the Romulan ward for design, and then all these other species just started replicating it. There is a line of dialogue very early on that they never really go into or explain where it says the Gridians share Romulan technology. Yeah, I, I'm like, I got like the TOS flashback of, uh, what was it, Enterprise Incident or whatever, no, whichever one it was, is like, oh yes, the Romulans are now using Klingon technology, that's why they right, have right, Klingon right. ships. No, it's because you're too cheap to buy a ship. I got it. But like, this is a video game. Yeah. They choose to make mm. the assets that yeah. you would see and then say, no, yeah, they're I, not Romulan. And, and then I love no, the, no, the storyline, because I actually did like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm making fun of it, but I also did like it. Like, it's like, oh, yes, the fifth, oh, I'm forgetting it, but the lawgiver. Thank you. The fifth scroll, it's about the plebeians, and the, and which is all Roman. This is all Roman-based, just like the Romulans. And I'm like, this is, well, this is actually, I like this part, but I'm like, why are they Garidians again? Is that? <laughs> Isn't this the, the fifth element story, basically? No, wait. Yeah. No, 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 is is this like some just to prevent any Romulan, you know, canonical issues, Daniel? You know, no, uh, you know, cannon fodder. You know, so is this let's a Romulan talk, plot to start a war? I mean, that's like the first question Picard <laughs> should be asking. Wait, or the first and second question. <laughs> that's yeah, true. That's true. No, no. Let's 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 talk about the story. The story is is something else that's really interesting too. Um, you you kind of bounce around. So in the beginning of the, of the game, like Philip mentioned, you meet you meet these Garidians who are basically aliens that live on the Romulan side of the. They're not zone. Romulans. Share, they're not Romulans. They share their technology, uh, but they're uh, eh, eh. anyways. So you you kind of are convinced to save a group of them, and then. It's weird. The game is really structurally strange because you kind of bounce around what I would call, I guess, episodes, right? Like disconnected episodes. Like you first, you meet these Garidians. That's kind of its own self-contained story. And then all of a sudden, hey, there's this, you know, this, what we talked about before. There's this space station that's going to explode. Let's fix that problem. And then there's this third planet with uh, all of these all of these animals on it and it's a matriarchal society and that's totally disconnected from the rest of the story as well. And, but there is an overarching kind of story, but you don't really realize it at the time. So it's kind of like mini episodes. And then it finally gets to the, point. The, the, uh, the, and this, I, I made the classic season one, the neutral zone mistake, um, because you pick up, you rescue the gridians like Daniel says, right. And because in the first and second missions, you have to, you know, Walk the circumference of the earth. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm in the middle of the second episode or something, but I'm on the ship, and I'm kind of like I got stuck. Like I'm in the ship, like I've been trolling. I feel like I should be, and this is where I kind of cheated. And it's like you should be going to this planet. I'm like I, you can't. Don't don't even try to use the course time. Don't even try. Um, so I'm like, there's got to be something. And then Worf's just like helpful. Like he's like, hey Captain, uh, you, you you got those guests in the conference room. I'm like. Do I? <laughs> Who's been the last holding them three hostage days. there? You never like, told us hungry? to give them quarters. Has anyone fed them? <laughs> and like, and then my favorite part is, you know, 
and I I think maybe I'll speak for y'all, but I shouldn't. Like Darren, Daniel, and I, I think are all at least forgiving of graphics because we live during this time. So we're like, you know, it's I, I have nothing to complain about as far as graphics. But like, you know, you're on the bridge there for the most part when you're on the ship. But it's like, okay, you're going to go to the conference room. Oh, which apparently is the main shuttle bay of this game. Because you're like, oh, let's go to the conference room. What's that set like? And it's like, nah, they're just going to talk through the door. Is that cool? That's cool, guys. <laughs> You don't even see like you don't even see the characters like you see like their their face from like the communications thing but like they're not even peeking out over the door and like hey captain what's going on they're just hanging out back there so I guess I guess the idea is the Picard is just yelling to them <laughs> from on the bridge is that what's happening Well he's story? out front of the bridge cuz he's in that sort of dramatic pose from so many episodes of where he's like really close to the view screen and and you know we guys we haven't even mentioned the mechanic that everyone loves during the bridge and that is William T. Riker. <laughs> Daniel or Darren, what is William T. Riker doing every time you're He's on the bridge? Constantly leaning on things. <laughs> it's just like he will not sit down. We pulled out the captain chair so many times. He's and, and like, he's not just like standing like, like and folks who haven't played this game, it's not like it's just like a still shot. Like he is literally moving his leg up and down. During the bridge scene, <laughs> standing on things. And if you uh, if you bring Picard onto your away missions, well, you can't only bring him on certain away missions, but when he goes on the away missions, he does the Picard maneuver quite uh, quite believably. Um, actually, all of the I was actually impressed with all of the physical mannerisms of the character models, even though they're like really low res and like they did their homework. They're not they're not super detailed, right? But like. Uh, you know, like, um, Jordy is just in a Jordy pose. I, I can't specifically remember the specific, but I remember thinking, hey, that is exactly how Jordy would have stood, like, in a conference room meeting. And, like, Worf is just bigger than everybody else. Like, it just it got the feeling of the show across in a lot of really little subtle ways that I kind of appreciated. Yeah, and, and I think they really got the Jordy voice down because I remember during one of those first missions, it's like, I don't think that's going to go there. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna work. I'm like, okay, j- j- just tone it down, Jordy. It's my first mission. Okay? Isn't there a part where Jordy goes, you know, he starts to techno babble, and then he's like, "Wait, no, I see." And it's like he's clicking into reading Rainbow Jordy, <laughs> and the little butterfly. I'm pretty sure comes out of uh, one of the control panels. I think that's yeah. in the zoo part. <laughs> so the underlying story is essentially. Oh boy! For all for all intents and purposes, it's kind of here is an all powerful, super ultra, ultimate mega powerful weapon that all you have to do is think, and you can be super god powerful, being super awesome, super great. Hold man. on, Daniel. Are you telling me that there's a Star Trek: The Next Generation video game that is based on doing puzzles and going on various archaeological places, and that the end of it, there's some sort of super powerful energy weapon being? Is that what you're telling me? I, I'm telling you. And in fact, what some people may remember, our listeners may remember, and people who have played both of these games may also remember, there is a very structured, strict test experience that Picard has to go through in order to prove his worthiness to have this ultimate powerful weapon, ultimate thing, ultimate always. And we'll discuss that later, why that's the case. But yes, this sounds very familiar to anybody who listened to our last podcast about uh, about these video games. 
Um, but that's the same. It's the same basic story. It's the same thing. We've done this all before. It's, this one just has more content. And better graphics. And way Well, everything graphics. has been done before. And... <laughs> We've all been the that's Scarecrow long, game. Dun, 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 dun. All right, let's go into that a little bit because that is something that's interesting. So this game and the game we've talked about previously on our last episode was made by the same company. It was made by Spectrum Holobyte, uh, who, if, if you're not familiar with the video games industry, they're still going. I mean, they're still just a huge company. Just make and hit after hit after. No, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. <laughs> uh, they were bought and <laughs> swallowed and ingested by some company at some point. But in the 90s, but you know, I mean, they, they, a name like Spectrum Holobytes, oh, yeah. that's... That's you wanted that no name. I mean, they didn't oh, yeah. have a was, website, but nobody did well, back then. Nobody had a website. <laughs> I bet you they had a good bulletin board might, service. I was going to say they might have had like an AOL chat room <laughs> or something. Their <laughs> usernet board was tops. <laughs> so there are a lot of uh, similarities in structure and in story and and in a lot of ways to the the game we played before, Echoes from the Future's Past End. Um, which is, I think is the official title of that uh, game. Um, make it up. Is this an official report? <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, so the Chodak, what we mentioned in the beginning, um, the Never race, heard of them. Uh, who were the ultimate bad or antagonist in that story are also the kind of ultimate antagonist in this story. Do you guys, did you guys get a feeling of deja vu playing this game? Because like, honestly, the whole bridge interface, uh, was similar, was kind of familiar. Um, the storylines were kind of similar, kind of familiar. Uh, you know, just with more added on. Yeah. Did you guys get that feeling at all? Well, less repetitive music, which I appreciated. <laughs> do, 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 yeah, do, the yeah. overall do, do, structure do, do, was similar. <laughs> no mind planet, right? We don't have to just do It didn't that take for us hours 20 hours seconds to spin around and face the main viewer because we needed to <laughs> get whiplash. Someone's so, spinning in their chair. The, the, I, the mechanics, and again, we can pick it because I—I I mean, I do really like this game, but I, but I can pick on it. Um, like you know, when you when I, because it didn't take me a while to kind of learn the mechanics, as it does with every game. Because like you know, back then, kids, you didn't have you know, this is how to learn the game level. It's like here, it's it's on. Good luck. There was no tutorial. Yeah. It's like here we go. You're lucky you had save, okay? Yeah, You're lucky you could true. save this game. Uh, so I'm like, where's the comms? And it's like. It's like to the like right right over Picard's shoulder below Worf's wrist. That's where comms is, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like clicking on his his name his his badge, because you know, when he's hailing another sh- ship, he goes Picard to other ship and taps his chest. But it's actually really close to tactical, so uh, try not to make a mistake, kids. Because <laughs> yeah, once you go right, to tactical, you just need to go to red alert. <laughs> One of the uh, the story points that I wanted to talk about, which I hope that we all are familiar with, is the ending of the game, which, just like the other game that we talked about, made by the same company, also features kind of a Picard facing a kind of personal test kind of situation where what does Picard do with the ultimate weapon uh, and how do you win that game? And, um, you know, spoilers, I'm going to give away the end here. Uh, essentially what's happening and and this is almost a little prescient for this game to do this because this was produced after uh 
right around Generations, so right before First Contact. And at the end of the game, this all-powerful god being tells you, you can have this all-powerful technology, uh, and tell me what you would do in this scenario. And the, he gives you two options. Option A is the, there's an invasion fleet of Borg coming. Do you A, destroy all the Borgs, or B, destroy just the invading fleet of the Borgs? And actually, it's a sneaky, sneaky system that they they did for the. the Wait, game does here. Kevin show up at the, any point? <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. But the right answer, and the and really the only way to beat the game is if you if you kind of go with sneaky option C, which is never kind of actually presented to you. But the only winning move is not to play. Picard backs away, and he says, "No, no, no! This power is too great. No one should have that ability to do that." And uh, I thought that was actually a really interesting concept. And I kind of liked where they went with that. And I just thought that was, there was a lot of callbacks in that sequence to a lot of past uh, episodes. Uh, and it was just something that I thought that was really interesting. Is that the Kobayashi Maru uh, game endings? Yeah, yeah, it kind of was, I guess. So. Yeah, well, when, you know, Snow White's Evil Queen's magic mirror starts floating around, it was a little bit of a stretch, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, it, it, all the missions had a Star Trek feel, you know, be it, you know, saving the station or, you know, walking 80 kilometers to the other side of a planet, you know, or, you know, making that ultimate choice about absolute power. But there was, it was mostly the walking. But it was mostly the walking. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly just the walking game. Shift key is your friend. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this, like, you know, I, I really can't do the Lord of the Rings um, comparison enough to this. But, but I mean, <clears throat> you know, I guess some of the mechanics are, you know, one thing that is cool that I like in a game, and, and sometimes it works with this game, but sometimes it doesn't, but, I help, but it helps, is that you can talk to the other, you know, characters, and then it can be like, Okay, dude, I'm stuck. <laughs> Worf, you need a, what's going on here? He's like, maybe you should scan the planet. Thanks, Worf. Yeah. I got it. All right, guys, I got an idea. <laughs> an idea I just came up with. You know, we should scan the planet. Worf's like, I just, I just said that. But I am a commander and said it. So who thought this idea, Worf? You do, sir. <laughs> but yeah, even on the planet, though, there's sometimes hints. Because, you know, Yes, you know, in in the modern age, when you're playing these games, there's cheats and walkthroughs and blah, blah, blah. But it is nice to be able to play it all within the game. So it is helpful. They do give you a little nudge every now and then um, to talk to the other players. And, and I don't know if it if probably I'm reading it too much and it being character-specific. It's probably character-neutral. But it is nice to, like, you know, your Data or your or your Worf or Troy, you can talk to, like, Beverly on a medical matter and be like, hey, what do we do here? And she's like, oh, da, da, da. Which, you know, it may have just been a few Destiny character. But still, there's a little bit of, you know, can make it fun that way. Yeah. there was. It's Overall, the dialogue choices were really well done. Yeah, you know, the one thing, the one problem that I have is the um, the in, invented characters, the new characters, like the non-Star Trek actors, not as impressive. The McDuffs. The voice acting kind of. Wait, wait! You you didn't buy yeah. the orangutan as oh. <laughs> more baboon uh, yeah, to it me. Was not yeah. as... Actually, I know it's a specific kind of, but I don't know what you call that with the colorful face. But... It's obviously a blue room uh, trying to pose for an alien. 
<laughs> I mean, that makeup was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just the like, forehead. Like of the a week. dog with a horn in its forehead. Yeah. I mean, that's just <laughs> who would buy that. As a, as an aside, though, I will say that the um, a lot of the creatures on that preserved planet were actually kind of in- visually interesting and kind of unique. Some of them weren't. Some of them were kind of lame and like, oh, that's not. That's just a chicken. Or that's whatever. a giant chicken, I tell you. Well, it's just it was mistagged, <laughs> and so that's why they yeah, brought exactly, it into the preserve. Exactly. It's totally boring. Nobody really wants chickens. <clears throat> No, 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 no! It was mistagged as a boar, even though it was a chicken, and so that's why. And those watchers are just <laughs> stupid. <laughs> What's this? Oh, it's obviously a boar. Yeah, that's what it says on this tag. Not, it's you know, the size of a mouse. Nope, it's a boar. Like, it, like guys, the instructions <laughs> just say to feed it, uh, just to feed it seeds. I mean, it looks like a tiger. Yeah, look, the instructions say. <laughs> I'm just here to do my job. 80 grams of seeds a week. Obviously, I, it'll be fine. I go home at 5 o'clock. I'm just here to do my <laughs> job. And, oh, boy. That planet, the, the puzzle around the preserved planet, kind of dumb. Well, it's repetitive. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it, there's yeah, an idea it's there. But if you have to do it, like, eight times, then yeah. that's where you... They would have cut, like, a third of that out if it was an episode. They would have just montaged, like, going everywhere, and then... Yeah. I mean, like, you know, if you're pressing a shift key... (laughs) (laughs) Guys, guys, there's no way we're going to fit this in 42 minutes. How how Have you tried the shift key? (gasps) Brilliant. Actually, I should clarify, because the actual story of who is the bad guy in in that kind of scenario is, is is fairly interesting and compelling you're you're t- a lot of th- toward the end they kind of handhold you and are like yes isn't that suspicious that this person has been doing this and acting this and he had access to this also weren't for you and the dang kids <laughs> well well when like miss zordon who i really wasn't sure who that was was like and you know you have orangutan baboon monkey man woman um who's like you know like Hey, did you find the scientist? He's like, well, I did find a woman. Maybe I'll ask (laughs) her. She's knocked out You idiot, that's her. That's her. (laughs) That's what she literally says. You idiot, that's her. He had a name tag, too. I mean, that's even worse. Another element of the story that I really wanted to talk about, um, and we probably won't be able to remember too many specifics, uh, but... There are some references that I wanted to talk about, and I'm actually going to give you guys direct quotes from the game here um, because I thought they were really good. I thought they were really smart, and they, and they played really well. So he, Picard is going to this ultimate test, and kind of it's essentially a test of character because that's you know how these things work out, right? And um, I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to lay some direct quotes from the game down here, guys, uh, and we'll see if you guys can guess. You guys first, and then our listeners second. Um, which episode this is from? I don't think that's going to work with that. <laughs> I think you should contact Starfleet <laughs> to find out what our orders are. <laughs> I have no advice for you at this time. The princess you so see Kermit the Frog says. <laughs> Kermit the Frog says to Picard, "What good can the uni- Unity device do for Jean-Luc Picard?" 
perhaps make up for a father's disapproval, a brother's resentment. Come on, guys. This is a competition. You guys have to pick, but you, you, one of you has to what, pick. What, like, what? I mean. Which episode? What are we talking here? Uh, I mean, like, I'm raised in victory. <laughs> <laughs> That's family, guys. Come on. You that's and that's that the family. quote I just made. Was well, well the disappointed disappointed son would have been tapestry. And brother, yeah, that's well, family. I guess, I guess that's fair. I guess that's But we will. Hang on. We will actually bring that back up. The next quote is, I know all about you. I know a cadet who betrayed the honor code of the academy. First duty. I know. Tapestry. <laughs> not, not for Picard. It's definitely tapestry. Dumb job play human. This is the line. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually the line I wanted to get your guys' opinion on. The next line is, I know a lifetime of regret for, lo- for a love thrown away from f- fear. Attached. Uh, I mean, is that, is that... <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, my mind went to We'll Always Have Paris. Mm, okay. Wow. Which, which I know yes. for you. Well, I know. Well, I know. I That's not know. even, not even you guys have uh, even seen season one. <laughs> but I actually, that's kind of where mm. my mind went. Or, I mean, it, you or could Philip even say Adwa. tapestry, too. Tapestry also. Or uh, it even could be a, well, a measure of I would be very uh, afraid of her. She will come after you. She will take a bite out of you. Who do we, who do we think that is? It, that is definitely referencing I, a very specific person. I think, I think it's person. a stargazer. No, 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 because there is a Stargazer reference. I'm oh, going to continue okay. now. The next quote. What about the mistakes of a man? I know the captain of the Stargazer, his ship destroyed, his dead crew drifting in space. In I mean, space. That is a... a <laughs> like, like, I don't remember that the same way. We, we, some of we, them were. Some we of remember them were... Uh, Madrid different. The battle. Um, like, I, yeah. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I don't like they all like abandoned the ship. Yeah. Actually, the next the next line is the crew of the Stargazer depended on you and paid with their lives, but that was a small matter compared to your betrayals of the Federation. So guys, get ready. Wait, 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 is Cisco doing this line? (laughs) This is the this is the Kermit the Frog alien who you meet at the end of the game, who kind of tries to challenge Picard uh, as a character. So he, the next line he says is, I know Locutus of Borg, who oversaw the destruction of 39 Federation starship and their crews. I don't need to challenge you Not guys. Not 47, because that, that would make more sense. Now, tell me, <laughs> Captain, are you completely recovered from your experience with the Borg? <laughs> uh, I know a broken man ready to give Gaul Madrid the secrets of the Federation's Ooh. defenses. Uh, chain of Command. Chain of Command, part Two, this is the two. best. I mean, this is really solid writing. This is really good stuff. This is Picard stuff. Uh, and then Picard stuff, Picard responds, and this is probably my favorite line. This is such a good Picard line that I'm surprised it comes from a video game. He says, I wouldn't want to. I have never willingly betrayed anyone or anything in my life. I've acknowledged my failures, learned from them, and moved on. That's the best anyone can do. Failure is an inevitable consequence of being human, and I accept that. Ata, sometimes you can do all it takes to win, but still lose. That's what it means to be human. That's what I was thinking, too. (laughs) That exact Picard quote. Yeah, that's some good quotes right there. 
Yeah, no, it's, honestly, I, I I will give the writing for the for the entire like the entire story and the whole game probably like maybe a C over uh, overall like an average. But that is the ending. There is very Picard esque. It's very like really TNG kind of challenging that character and and kind of what he and it was really good callbacks to stuff that Picard really struggled with what a work man is how noble in reasoning <laughs> <laughs> all right okay that's enough of the story we're gonna move on to the next subject here uh the i wanted to talk a about a plot a ploy <laughs> uh imagine guys imagine this storyline existed in tng Oh god, it's it's gonna. It's um, does it add anything? Does it take away from anything? Uh, would you like to see this as an episode? Because this is kind of it's it's kind of structured in the way that an episode would be. Do you feel like uh, we gain anything out of it being a game, or would you just kind of? I'd say this is like half a season. Or, I mean, it's a. I was gonna say, a lot isn't of this this isn't this your proposed re- replacement for Insurrection, Daniel? <laughs> Oh, that would actually be really interesting, actually. Well, actually, this could be the three part, the trilogy. You would actually have, um, uh, you you would have the Lord of the Garidians, you would have the uh, <laughs> Return of Kermit, <laughs> and you would have the uh, two Warbirds. I believe that would be the series. Yeah, not not Romulan Warbirds. No, uh, no, 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 no. That's Garidian why there's two because there's there's yeah. always two. So, um, interesting uh, question for you guys. This this game came out after the series was over. Um, this was in 1995, so this was after, I believe, after Generations, but definitely after Season 7. Where would you put this on well, the timeline? Now, because there, w- there is a specific place yeah. where it belongs, but I'm wondering if you if you either know that. I'm going to ask Worf. Worf, what's the star date? <laughs> I believe we should contact. Dang it, Worf! I need more. I need more information. <laughs> I have no advice for Dang you at it. this time. Gosh, uh, maybe maybe Beverly can ask him. <laughs> Worf, what started is it? <laughs> uh, well, no, I you know because again, there's a lot of things that go into video games, obviously. But I mean, like, so you have the actors' voices, which you know kind of brings it. I know no one cares about this word, and neither do we. But it brings the sort of the, the canonicity. Um, to, you know, sort of ups it to like, okay, it's almost there. Because, look, you have all the actors there. You know, we, there you go. But I think the characterizations are there. Like like you were saying, Daniel, at least with Picard, even though, you know, there's not a lot for everyone else to do except to repeat lines. But, but you know, everyone's acting like they should except Troy being super smart. Um, but, like, everyone's acting like they should. Um, and, and it's really cool. So, I mean, you know, you can believe that this could be a seventh season. But then again, as we've kind of discussed, like, kind of blends together there like four through seven anything could really be depends what troy's wearing that's pretty much the only breaker there of, of what's going on but um but no i mean i i could see this being a seventh season because you know yeah it's not the greatest story like seventh season but it you know it, it has some good stuff in there so yeah i could see seventh season yeah i think i'd agree it feels seventh season nothing <laughs> nothing that they talk about with picard <laughs> Stands out like, oh, it has to be after this time. I mean, obviously after Chain of Command, but that'd be my guess too. Yeah, yeah. The uh, so the the star dates given in in this 
game, uh, place it right after Descent. So the second episode of seventh, seventh season. And before Liaisons. Um, so, yeah, basically right in the middle of season no, no, seven. Beginning. Essentially. Or, yeah, right in the beginning of season seven, excuse me. Um, which is interesting to me. So this actually is a good transition to the last point I wanted to talk about. And that is, like, what happens to me when I, when I experience these things makes me think, what if? Right? What if? And right now, my mind has been racing about why cannot we, why, okay, look, there's lots of talk about, let's do Star Trek on TV, and, and we're getting a movie next year, and like, uh, you know, as a TNG super fan, like, that's the thing I love the most, and we're never going to see TNG back on, I, I don't even think I would, I don't even know how I feel about, like, a Netflix TNG show at this point, because these guys are getting older. But what I would, but what we can definitely see is we could. <laughs> oh yeah, Patrick never gets old, right? But but what we can definitely see is we could have this cast, you know, just use their lend their voices to a video game in the middle of season three if we wanted to. There's nothing stopping them from doing that, like. That's where my mind goes when I play this game. I'm like, I would love to fill in the gaps. I would love to put little adventures in between the adventures that we saw. And like, how cool would it be just to get these seven people who obviously love being in a room together and telling stories in a room together to tell stories and then just animate them in some fun way. And, and I, I, I'm a, vi a big video game player. I don't, I don't know anybody who's played like a telltale game, which is where like the walking dead video oh, game wow. series comes yes, from yes, yes. or, like, imagine, like, a, a TNG -ish thing, a TNG game like that, where it's it's just about choice. That's all it is. You're making choices, and you're experiencing the story and the characters. I would kill for that. That would be amazing. And uh, I just feel like that is the only way we're going to get, the only authentic way we could really get more TNG at this point. I can see that. Like, that would be ooh. Okay, so just because you said Walking Dead, I have to go to that town. So imagine like you would you're you would be playing during Best of Both Worlds. So you'd be on the Enterprise D, um, and you'd have all the you could even bring in what's her face, um, Shelby. Shelby. Um, <laughs> yeah, she doesn't she hasn't have, needed to have a name. Um, but uh, you know, bring her in, and then uh, and even Will Wheaton because he's he's there. Crush, Crusher's there, of course. And then Picard course, yeah. could just be playing Locutus for most of the game. So like you have that you have to do Borg, you know, stuff like the Walking Deadish would be like that with fighting the Borg. But then you'd be back on the Enterprise D. I can see that. And then like you could end up being assimilated at the end, just like in spoilers, uh, Walking Dead one. Um, <laughs> you know, and so you know. And then based on its popularity, Walking Dead 2 could be on DS9. There you go. I think it'd be fun to make the game be like Star Trek The Next Generation, the series. So you play through like a dozen episodes scattered from season one to season seven. That would be fun. Mm -hmm. Like they mm -hmm. just dropped you in. Yeah. Or like, right. Like you could do like, uh, like one episode of the game would be one season, right? Like you could do the highlights of that season where you could just go through the five best adventures of that season. Anyways, 
I'm I'm freaking out because that's what I want to see, and I, but, I know I'm but never going to see it. But like, will I feel the like... critical shift command be in this game? <laughs> Guys, this, um, this game, people are going to love it. There's a lot of gameplay. I mean, they're going to be playing. They're going to be putting a lot of hours into this. Really? Is there like a lot of fighting? I mean, let's not concentrate on what they're doing. Let's concentrate on that they're playing. Um I mean, it's not like Turbolifts so guys, can take us anywhere in the ship almost instantaneously. And it's not like there's some device that we could get to the planet in like five seconds. If only. If only. So, all right, guys. So let's let's close up here. Um, we've talked one game, an early game of TNG. Shall remain Not the earliest, meaningless. not the most, which shall remain timeless uh, uh, uh time half, matter half of past time-ish? noon i don't, I don't I know what it would. <laughs> um but now we're doing this is our second game here guys uh, and we've made a big leap i think this is not the last tng game and this is not the last tng game we'll talk about but how does it stack up are, are we getting better are things improving? Oh god! Oh yes! Overall, oh, do yes. you guys oh, yes. do you guys like this game? It was it. I mean, would you say this is a positive TNG experience for anybody who wants more yes. TNG? More TNG! Oh, 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 oh. Um. Yeah. No. I mean, this is. It, it, are, again, I don't know. I'm. Yeah. I, I'm. As we all are biased. If you were like younger than us by like five to six years, I don't know how if you would enjoy it as much because I don't know if you're used to you know and graphics and all that. I don't know, maybe this would distract you too much. But having lived in the era of where this was like, oh my god, it's so cool. You know, it's not distracting for me, the graphics. And you really do have to take maybe like a mission to figure out what all the buttons do. But once you get past all that, you know, hey, it's all about so learning, right? We're all trying. buttons. Buttons, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, just press everything. You'll, you'll go crazy, guys. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's a positive experience. And of course, if we're, if we're going to compare it to um, half past tea time <laughs> fortnight. Um, you know this is like <laughs> light years ahead. It's like there's between TOS and TNG as far as you know uh, graphics. Um, you know, and so yeah, no, definitely, definitely good experience. You know, still a little weirdy things. You know, just press the shift key, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. I think. Definitely the crowd for this are those diehard TNG fans that are going to get the most out of it because it is very Star Trek, you know, for gameplay elements, story elements. But even if you, like, let's say Voyager you enjoyed or, you know, DS9, but you wanted something that was Star Trek, you know, you would you would enjoy this, I believe. So, I mean, I I definitely want to play through it more and, all you know 20 hours of con- it's got i mean think well it's gonna be 10 hours now darren okay it's gonna be 10 hours true. you gotta that's cut true. it in half now that we've <laughs> oh you didn't Daniel tell him how long it would actually take to play did you <laughs> how else can you <laughs> how else can you keep up your your, your job of a medical worker a worker uh. <laughs> uh by the way uh by the way Char and Tristan, if you guys want to talk Elite Forces or Elite Forces 2, I'm more than willing no, to come on. I've never, Anyways, no, I've never played Elite Forces 2. I've played Elite Force 1, but I've never played Elite Forces 2, which no. is on the Enterprise E, right? 
Oh god, I don't even remember. It has been so. I think long it's on the Enterprise E. If I remember, but I, don't I know, can't I've never remember. But they're uh, they're they were fun games. I remember them being very fun games. Yeah, but, Elite uh, Force is, is really good. Yeah, but which yeah, is more so of a and, and not a criticism at all. But it's obviously the first shooter game, which is completely different than a puzzle game. Um, but but it, yeah, no, it's really good. I wanted to shoot that bird so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I'm having this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> me too. It's like go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just I I can only echo what you guys say. Um, it's it's you know watching TNG. It it is. It's an exercise in uh, time travel in a lot of ways, right? Like we get to experience TV how it was in the late '80s, early '90s. I mean, that's what it was like. TNG is such a product of its time in the same way that the original series is right where it's just, you, you get the, you get the feel. You just feel like the show is part of that era. And I think to, I think to the three of us and I don't want to be presumptuous, but I think to the three of us, that's part of the charm of it. It's just, it feels like home. It feels like it's comfort and it's, it feels good and it's just solid. Like, so these games, while they're by no means perfect, they're not even top of their class at the time they came out. Uh, you know, but you get the feeling that it's just like part of that era. This is a 1995 game through and through, and it didn't win any. It didn't win any awards then, and it's not going to win any awards now. But it just feels like a TNG game. It feels like a good, solid TNG game. And you know what? I think sooner rather than later we'll we'll revisit uh, the next generation in the digital realm. But uh, TNG bits are not the only thing we're talking about here on Trek FM this week. So here's a listen to what else you might have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. And they've added something completely new and fun I don't think anybody would have ever thought, you know, before this, uh, you, you, you can't you can't fix perfect. Mm. Well, I, I don't know, but I'd say that they made it more perfect. Earl Grey. Daddy, do pets have a Nexus 2? <laughs> the Pexus. Kirk had a, a dog in the Nexus 2, didn't he? Oh, uh, Butler. Butler. Butler is now <laughs> Shadow. So we have the adventures homeward bound of Butler, Porthos, and Spot. Will they make it back to their owners in Montana? The orb. If he had like a game card, his power, you know, like would be higher yeah. than any other captain for the, their persuasion power. You'll be like, damn, I was winning. And then he went and played a Cisco card on me. The ready room. Someone pointed out that this is actually the shortest title of any Star Trek episode. It's shorter than Voyager's Q squared by half a character because the two is superscript. <laughs> We're number one. We're number one. <laughs> to the journey. It's fake intimacy. Thank you. It is them trying to say Jacoby knows Janeway so well that just by fiddling her com badge. He knows the crap's going to hit the fan. <laughs> Commentary, Trek stars. Here, here, here's a quick question. Uh, is the Blu-ray the correct aspect ratio? The aspect ratio, you've opened up a can of worms. 
Okay, I'm just telling okay. you right now. The... I know that I have, but the thing is, it's because of you that okay. I even cared. Okay. The 602 Club. I think you've uh, hit something here, and I've never thought of it this way, but the true savior of the galaxy, it's not Obi-Wan, it's not Luke Skywalker, it's Aunt Beru. Literary Treks. Reagan's a great guy to bring up because his dad was this raging drunk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he had to sort of drag him in on the, off the porch at night because he'd come home, like, falling down drunk. And, you know, you think of, and here he was, this kind of great man for the country at the time. Uh, but he came from a place that was really kind of dark and also very relatable. Women at Warp. Infinite diversity and infinite combinations even though it's not necessarily always realized that, that we're, we're looking at it through the, the lens of our time. But that ideal is there and striving to, to, to be better and to be more inclusive is, is such a, a noble goal. And introducing Metatrex. For Odo, the instincts are so powerful, they sort of override every other factor, every other value, every other choice that he has. And I think that's the point of this, this view of determinism, that all actions that look like they're freely chosen are really just instinctive behaviors of one, in, in one variety or another. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zoom. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on facebook.com slash trek.fm or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trekfm today. All right, Darren, if people want to face your challenge and they want to know what it takes to have the character to create their own Stormtrooper costume, how would they get in They can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi, that's D-R-S-C-I-F-I, where they can choose three or four of my non-descriptive choices. All right, Philip. and if people wanted to give you their best video game shortcuts, you know, to, to kind of cut out, trim out the fat, how would uh, they get a hold well, of you? Well, they can shift the conversation with me over on Twitter, where my handle is NC Public Servant. 
That's NC for not knowing to click shift. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) And they can also get a hold of me on Twitter as well. Um, This game didn't have a lot of lives, but if you need an extra one, you can talk to me. I am at 1UpDan. That is the number one, not the word. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to go determine the fate of the Borg race. Um, you know, I think that if I just, if I think if I just destroy them, nothing bad will happen to us or any other Federation ship that might want to get back into the Beta Quadrant, Alpha Beta Quadrant later on. So we're fine. Nothing bad will happen. We'll just destroy them now and get rid of them. So we'll catch you all next week. And Gage, thank you. I don't think that's going to work. The princess is in another castle. (laughs) Fire.